Good morning, everyone. Well, you obviously heard me, which is good. We had no mics earlier. That's great. Uh, welcome. This is fantastic to see each other full church. So the only what on request, can you please all come back? Because it's great to see the church are full. That's the way it should be. And welcome if you're here for the first time. Uh, I hope you'll be able to relax and just enjoy the service. Welcome, friends and family of Angela and Darren. It's good to have you with us. And it's great to share in the, the christening of the two kids. They are just looking lovely this morning. Um, few notices. Um, firstly, we were so busy, we've run out of uh, hymn sheets and other service sheets. If you see MD who doesn't have one, if, and you've got two between a couple, if you can maybe share, that would be much appreciated. Um, I should have said welcome to those listening at home and online. Uh, after the service, you're welcome to join us uh, for refreshments through St. Monarch's Isle, just through the two doors there, uh, for tea, coffee, and a time of fellowship. Uh, the meeting's on this week, are there on the sheet. Tomorrow we've got the funeral of, of Marlon Carty, and just remember her family in prayer. Uh, Wednesday we've all the uh, usual meetings as well, and another funeral. Uh, at 2.30, the funeral of Margaret Anderson. Um, th Thursday this week we've got the guild at 1.30 in the hall. Uh, next week, uh, Scots are we enjoying themselves up in the islands. Uh, so we have Alan Ford uh, preaching to us, so that will be good. Um, Christmas shopping trip, we've intimated that a few times. The phone number's now written there on the sheet, so if you'd want to go, the phone number for John or Isabel Beck is on that. And then again, forward notice for Friday the 9th of December, a uh, special night of praise in the church hall with Aileen Gilchrist and her friends, and it would really be good to, if you could join us then, 730 and then Gift Sunday is not on the 6th of December, because that's a Tuesday. Um, it's on the 4th of December. I wouldn't say whose fault it is, whether it's started its source or whether it's been a case of Chinese whispers. Uh, but it's for a very good cause, looking for maybe pyjamas, scarves, gloves, but they will accept anything. Uh, if you want to speak to somebody about it, speak to David Wilson. And we'll, now he'll hand over to Scott. Thank you, Scott. Well, we're now going to sing in our hymn, Amazing Grace. So let's be upstanding. My chains are gone 
So we now come to the baptism of Maven Hillary. Well, Jesus himself said, Full authority in heaven and on earth has been committed to me. Go therefore to all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. I will be with you always even to the end of time. Well, for the believer, our baptism is a sign of dying to sin and rising to new life in Christ. It is Christ himself who baptizes us by the spirit of Pentecost. He makes us members of his body, the church, and calls us to share his ministry in the world. By water and the Holy Spirit, God claims us as his own washes us from sin and sets us free from the power of death. And so in this sacrament, our children are also welcomed into the love of God by covenant. And together we share in his immense love. Though we cannot understand it or explain it, we are called to accept that love with the openness and trust of a child. <laughs> 
Well, in baptism, Maeve and Hilary are assured of the love of God and the sign and seal of the Holy Spirit is placed upon them. Well, Angela and Darren, I'm now going to ask you to make some vows. Angela and Darren, do you now thankfully receive Maeve and Hilary as precious gifts from God and desire to present them to God this morning for baptism? We do. And Angela, yourself and Darren come today to present Maeve and Hilary for baptism. And as a member of this church, you are also being asked to profess your faith in Christ and to promise to bring your children up in the Christian faith. So Angela, do you earnestly desire for the Holy Spirit to effectively work through your children all that is meant and signified by Christian baptism? And do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? And do you promise, depending on the grace of God, to teach Maeve and Hilary the truths and duties of the Christian faith and by prayer and example to bring them up in the life and worship of this church. Thank you. Well, let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. Oh Lord, how we praise you for creating all things and for making us in your own image. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you gave your only begotten Son the Lord Jesus Christ, to be born of Mary and to live as one of us, to suffer death on the cross and to rise again for our salvation. Today, we especially give you thanks and praise for the gift of children to Angela and Aaron. We pray that you will bless Maeve and Hilary by your grace and through the love of their parents and the extended family. Oh, may they know the warmth of your heart and love and just the joy of the Lord to be their strength. And may they come to know you personally in saving faith and to share with all your people the bread of heaven and the joys of your kingdom. And in Jesus' sweet and precious name we pray. Amen. Well, Maeve, Elizabeth, read. I now baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' sweet name, may the Lord comfort you and protect you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, Hilary, Martha, read. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may the Lord comfort you and guide you and fill you with his joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, I'm now going to ask the Godparents, Linda and Jamie, and also Hannah, and Leslie and Ian. Do you promise, with God's help, to pray for Maeve and Hilary, to protect them, to lead by example, to encourage and support them, and to love and care for them. Thank you. So you who are gathered here represent the whole church. The church universal, word and sacrament bring you the joy of Christ's presence in your midst. They also bring you responsibilities. 
as Christ's people in this place. And so to the congregation here at the High Kirk and others, members of other churches, do you welcome Maeve and Hilary? And do you renew your commitment with God's help to live before all God's children the truths and duties of the Christian faith and to share with them the knowledge and love of Christ? Thank you. You may have your seats. Lord, we rejoice again to receive your grace in word and sacrament. We ask now that you would guide and guard Maeve and Hilary all their days. May your love hold them, your truth guide them, and your joy delight them. And in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. New Testament reading is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 3 to 10. This can be found on page 1016 of the Pew Bible. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 3 to 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the Lord bless to us this reading of his precious word. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your great love to us. Today, Lord, we remember those who fought to give us freedom, freedom of speech and of thought. But today, we also thank you, Lord, for the freedom you give us through Jesus. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Saviour, has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Lord, your amazing love and grace has freed us from all the things that would hold us back. And we thank you so much for your constant love. Lord, we also pray for the victims of the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Lord, we pray for those who, the families that have been affected. And we pray most of all, Lord, that a solution for peace will be found soon. We pray too for the families in our fellowship who have been bereaved at this time. We pray that you will be their comforter and that you will be very close to them at this time. 
I pray for the, the funeral services that are going on this week, Lord, that, that your presence will be felt. Lord, we pray a special blessing on Maeve and Hilary, Lord, and on Angela and Darren as they bring up the girls. Lord, we just pray that you will be with that family, Lord, and we ask for a special blessing upon them. We pray too for all the children at Sunday Club. We pray that, Lord, that as they are taught from the Bible, Lord, that they will grow up to know you as their Saviour and Lord. We pray, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given us today to bring our tithes and offerings. We ask you to take them and use them for the extension of your kingdom. And Lord, we ask a blessing upon Scott as he shares your word. Bless him, Lord, that he might bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over these past weeks and months, we've been following the Beatitudes, where Jesus pronounces a blessing. And here Jesus describes who are really happy. Who are the happy ones? Who are the ones that are so blessed? And Jesus describes them. And it's quite contrary, actually, to how the world thinks. As someone once said, every soul upon this earth is in a pursuit of happiness. Everyone wants to be happy. So what does the really happy person look like? And here Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, describes what a truly happy person looks like. The world often encourages us. Blessed are those if you've just got a good personality. Blessed are you if you've got a good position, a good career. If you've got all the possessions you can buy, you're blessed. If you've got power, if you've got fame, celebrity status, if you're the next YouTuber, if your next TikTok video goes viral, you've made it. You'll be happy, truly happy. And you know, often that's the, what the world presents as true happiness. But it's quite amazing how Jesus, when he describes what true happiness is, he said those who are really happy are those who are actually poor in spirit. Those who mourn. Those who are humble and meek. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who have a hunger for Christ himself. Those who, who know peace with God. They're the happy ones. That's what Jesus describes. Jesus here describes the Christian. This is what the Christian ought to look like. When you find peace with Christ, when you find peace with God, your heart changes. Your nature changes. You become reliant daily. In fact, the hymn that we sang earlier, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. A heart dependent then on God for our daily bread. As the old hymn says, One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's the, that's the Christian. The Christian is dependent upon the Lord each day. Going through all the storms and trials in life. But as we come now to this seventh beatitude, 
blessed. This is really the, the mark now. Jesus is saying now, this is a true Christian. A true Christian. Because there, this is what you call a real child of God. And you know, when you read this, you think, oh Lord, <laughs> help us, help us. Jesus tells us that this is the great picture. This is what a real Christian looks like. They're peacemakers. They're peacemakers. Have you ever met a Christian who seems to be just, they beat you up, all they want to do is argue with you, they'll bring division, they'll bring arguments, they just want a good fight. Have you ever met Christians who point out all your flaws, all your mistakes? Have you ever felt, oh, if I go to church, if I come to that church, oh, they'll just tell me that I'm, a, I'm an awful person and I'm doomed. I've had it. Oh, they'll just tell me what I already know. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've sinned in life. I know I've done things wrong. I don't need the church to tell me. Have you ever felt like that? But you know, Jesus tells us that the Christian is one who is actually a peacemaker. They ought to be. The heart of the Christian should be one who desires people to come to know love and mercy and grace in Christ. That's why the Lord called me to be a preacher. I want everyone to know what I've experienced. I was 20 years old when I became a Christian. I experienced peace with God. And from that moment on, it's been the desire of my heart for others to come to know peace. That peace of Christ that goes beyond our understanding. I'm convinced of it. And here Jesus tells us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called the children of God. This is, this is the Christian. We ought to be peacemakers. And so here Jesus declares that the true child of God, yes, they're a peacemaker. But maybe, maybe we should ask the question, but what is a peacemaker? Or should I ask the question, what's Jesus referring to as peace? What's peace? Well, can I highlight that the peace that's been talked about here in the Bible, it's not appeasement. It's not making a truce. It's not the absence of war. This peace that Jesus describes is referring to a relationship with God himself. Those who know peace, it's the peace of God. It's where the battle and the war with God is over. It's where we now know peace with God himself. The word that's used here is, can be translated shalom. It's that wholeness. It's that well-being. It's that sense of just feeling right inwardly. And that will affect your outward relationships too. When you know that peace, that inner peace, it affects all your relationships. And if you don't know that inner peace, guaranteed you will know war, <laughs> you'll know your battles, you'll know conflict in your family, in your relationships, even in your friendships. But oh, to know 
the shalom of God, to know peace with God. And when you come to know the peace of God, you're meant to now be a peacemaker. And to the church here, I know we've been studying this passage, can I encourage our own congregation? When you know peace with God, we're meant to be peacemakers. We're to make peace with others. Right through the Bible, you see wonderful examples. Abraham. Do you remember Abraham there in Genesis 13? So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Then there's Abigail, her husband Nabal, his servants, King David, had helped Nabal's servants. And then David had said to the servants, go and greet your master Nabal. And what does Nabal do? He, he insults David. He just curses David. And so David and his army are ready to kill Nabal for just the offense. But his wife Abigail comes out and she says, I'll take the blame. Don't do anything. Don't bring war. Don't bring bitterness and anger to her family. David, I'll take the blame. My husband Nabal, he's just a fool. That's what she said. That's a peacemaker. And King David. David loved his son, Absalom. But we're told that he couldn't make peace with him. He couldn't make peace with his son. Why? Because we were told that war was in his heart. This is David's son. He couldn't make peace with his own son because there was war in the heart of his son. Violence and strife, David said, followed him. When there's war in a heart, strife and conflict will come. And David, even King David said, there's violence and strife in the streets. But what's David's response to the war, to the conflict, to the battles, even in the family? David says this, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. That's a peacemaker. One who has known peace with God. And yes, when trouble comes, even in your family, even with your friendships, even in our communities, Oh, to cast our cares, our burdens upon the Lord. And can I just close by saying that the peacemaker is one also who pursues peace. Now, a peacemaker is no soft touch. Jesus wasn't a soft touch. But we're called to peace. The Christian, it's a calling. We're to seek peace and to pursue it. We're to reflect the very nature of God. God is peace. That's why the Christian ought to be a peacemaker. The world should be able to see in us, in the church, the peace of God. They should be able to see, see in our faces the love of God, the joy of God, the amazing grace of God. What? Is the High Kirk representing to the world today? Do we reflect the peace of God? 
Is this a place that people can find peace and healing and love and joy? I hope so. The writer goes on to say that we ought to promote and plan for peace. And so today we're reminded of past wars. It's Remembrance Sunday. Can I ask, what about your wars? I wonder today, is there a heart here, you know, it may be that you know turmoil, violence on, the, on your street. You may know of hatred and murder, contention, strife in every area. Maybe you know a broken relationship. Maybe you know what it is to be in a place where you've seen bitterness and anger, abuse, deep hurts, depression. I wonder how many today know what it is to be in a place of deep depression, loneliness. Maybe you've known the loss of a loved one. What battles are you facing? Well, whatever battles you're facing, I pray today for each one of you that you would experience the peace of God, that his peace would just fill your heart, that you would know his healing, his love and his joy. And can I just mention, it's been lovely to see Angela and Darren's friends here today and family. And I do pray that all oh, you'll have a wonderful time. I know there's going to be a reception after this. I do pray that you'll just know a time of great joy, but also that you'll know the peace of Christ that goes beyond our understanding to cover you and that you can leave here just feeling in your own heart, Lord, it was good to be here. Oh, may the Lord bless each one of you and encourage you from the youngest to the oldest. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of Christ I stand in Christ alone who took on flesh fullness of God in helpless faith this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died
of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore.